0: Our scripture this morning comes from Luke 10 verses 38 through 42 now as they went on their way he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying but Martha was distracted by her many tasks so she came to him and asked Lord Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Nancy. This morning we continue our summer sermon series on the summer of love, talking about loving families. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your Spirit upon us, that as your Scripture is read and your Word is proclaimed, we may be filled with joy at what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Family dynamics are strange, are they not? We can think that we have matured and grown, but sometimes just being in the presence of your family of origin can bring out unexpected patterns of behavior. Have you ever noticed that? I'm the only one? Okay, let's continue. Here's a funny story from the visit with my sister and her family from Texas on the week of July the 4th. Now, something you need to know about my sister and me, or some things. One, my sister is the most important person in my world. Sorry, Emily, and, you know, my husband and and kids. Just kidding. But growing up, like, she was everything to me. I wanted to be like her. I wanted to grow up to be her. She is charismatic in a way, and she has this attractive personality. People want to be around her. As for me, growing up, I had a deep sense of responsibility for other people's feelings. Anybody with me on that? If someone was upset, it was my job to make it all better. I was the peacemaker, I suppose. Now, no one assigned this role to me, and I'm sure there are lots of reasons why I felt this way, but I I don't think it came out of any dysfunction in my family. I really think it just came from my own weird sense this somewhere in my mind that I really thought this was my task in life and I mostly have gotten past that, mostly, but as a kid, taking she, the most important person in my world, and my deep sense of responsibility for other people, if my sister was unhappy, I went into major overdrive. So. About a week and a half ago all of the dylan family and then my sister and her family there were eight of us we had been out to elich's for the day a little fun on some rides and left the park tired and hungry Now, the Texas part of the family wanted to eat somewhere that they could not get in Lubbock. Like, we couldn't just go to Chili's, right? We had to find somewhere that gives an authentic Denver experience. And I was feeling a lot of pressure for that. I finally thought of a place that was kind of on the way home, not like way far away or across town, But when we got there, the wait was gonna be 45 minutes to an hour. Now, this is in the evening after a full day at Elitch's. Immediately, the boys all said, nope, and started walking away. But my sister and her daughter kinda hung back and they were like, I mean, is that a long wait in Lubbock? We have to wait an hour all the time. And I said, oh, oh, you wanna wait? So I tried to catch up to the guys so that we could discuss this whole situation more. But by the time I got there, Cheryl and Harper, my sister and her niece, were right behind us, and this conversation ensued, and the people that wanted to leave originally started heading back to the restaurant and there were lots of loud talking and and hand gestures and um, people turning in different directions and not knowing what was going on and some people got frustrated and other people were starting to get in cars and I couldn't think of another single place in the whole world to go with this family. That would be as good as this place. And I got pretty upset because other people were upset, and I was unable to fix it. So I got in my car and grumbled to Jimbo the whole way to the next place how Cheryl had made everything difficult. 10 minutes later, we were sitting in a different restaurant that was lovely and fun, and the minute that I got some food into me, I realized I had been just hangry and tired, and I turned to my sister to apologize. What for, she said. Well, I was mad at you. And she said, oh, don't be sorry. I was a little mad too. That's not your fault. And we hugged and we cheersed each other with our cocktails and we went on with a lovely, lovely evening. And that felt very healthy and adult of us. But it's not after easily slipping back into these weird old patterns of behavior And sometimes it's very easy to do that when we're with our family of origin. All of a sudden, you feel like you're 10 again. Or maybe you're a teenager and don't quite know how to manage these relationships. Rabbi Edwin Friedman, who wrote a book on family systems theory in churches and synagogues called Generation to Generation, calls this pull to past and familiar roles homeostasis, or balance, which is the tendency of any set of relationships to strive perpetually in self-corrective ways to preserve the organizing principles of its existence, which is a fancy way of saying, when you're back with your family, you sometimes have roles That maybe you don't live out in your other life, but you're kind of pulled into that because that's how things worked when you were growing up. So simply being in the presence of my sister when she was slightly unhappy immediately pulled me into a place where I needed to make her happy again and make everyone friends again. And when I couldn't, I just got mad. I was always the role I put upon myself as a child. When anyone was unhappy, I tried to find a way, again, to homeostasis or to balance. I'm sure you have similar stories from interactions with your family of origin. And if you have siblings, well, sometimes those dynamics can be very, very complex. We don't know a lot about Mary and Martha, about their relationship, about the ways that they grew up, or the roles that they held. The Gospel of John says that Lazarus is the brother of Martha and Mary, but in this particular story, it's only the sisters, Mary and Martha. And this particular story is only found in Luke. I think that Mary and Martha have gotten a bad rap throughout the years. Mary often seen as flighty and dreamy, and Martha seen as harsh and overfunctioning. And we could talk today about what role each sister plays in this story and maybe reinforce some of those stereotypical notions. Or maybe we should look at Jesus' words and surmise that Jesus is scolding Martha for being busy. He seemingly lifts up Mary as being the one that behaved in the right way, right? Doesn't it kind of sound like that? But, oh, is that my? No, you? <laughs> I heard um, an alarm, and I thought, is that, am I alarming? Okay, anyway, could be. So in thinking about Mary's behavior as the right way to behave, and actually I kind of struggled with our kids' time today, because I didn't want to really say to the kids Martha or Mary was doing the right thing and Martha wasn't. I'm not sure if I achieved that. But it doesn't really hold up, does it? this idea that Mary was behaving better than Martha because Jesus came as a servant leader and often worked hard to serve others, occasionally pushing himself and the disciples to exhaustion. So while there's sometimes a sense from this story that acts of devotion, like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, are superior to acts of service, like Martha preparing dinner for a house full of guests. Maybe that's not really what's going on here. There's lots of distracting noises today. It's almost like they're happening for the sense of my sermon. What if instead of Jesus' words to Martha being a reprimand, They are words of comfort. Instead of, Martha, Martha, with a shaking finger, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, grabbing her hands in his. What if Jesus' comment about Mary choosing the better part isn't lifting up her behavior as superior, But instead, identifying in Martha's spirit, that's what hinders her, an old pattern of relating to her sister that is judgmental and condescending. Maybe Jesus is merely saying that she is worried too much about her sister, and it's impeding her own ability to be centered and to be healthy. That getting mad at her sister isn't going to change what is happening in her own heart which is really the only thing she can control. Jesus reaches out to Martha as a pastor, as a savior, calming her worries and distractions, to essentially tell her to look at her own spirit and center instead of looking to someone else to blame. And it's easy to blame the sister that she spent her whole life with and that she can make easy assumptions about. This last week, I had a conversation with a church member who shared about a difficult conversation that they had had with their mother. They have always been close. But they found they disagree fundamentally on a matter of theology. And their mother said something very unkind to them. And it hurt their feelings deeply. The church member wanted to know if it was possible for them to stick to their belief, but help their mother not be mad at them for believing it. As we talked, we agreed that actually no... They had no control over their mother's happiness about this disagreement. And also that they would more than likely be unsuccessful in attempting to change their mother's mind. Till eventually they decided that they would have to accept the fact that their mother may never agree and would also have to accept their mother's unhappiness. The only thing that this person can control is their own spirit, their own center, and the love and grace that they can continue to offer to their mother, whether it's reciprocated or not. And I don't know about you, But I feel like that is a very important learning and understanding in these days. We live in a very divisive society, and it's really difficult when we learn that someone or we know that someone in our family is thinking something different than what we think or deeply believe, and all of a sudden that disagreement becomes a clashing and a way of departing from one another. We can easily slip back into ways of relating to one another, just assuming the worst of the other, because of something that happened 50 years ago. Or maybe 30, you know, or or 10. Some of you are quite young. The only thing that we can control is what happens in our own spirits and centers And hearts. And that is exactly what Jesus encourages us to do. And it is not easy. But Jesus tenderly calls us by name Sandy. Sandy. Do not be worried and distracted by all of these swirling thoughts. Do not be worried and distracted by the ways that we feel others are behaving or not behaving or believing or not believing or acting or not acting. Instead, feel Jesus' loving invitation to choose a better part, a better way, the way to grace, a way to forgiveness, a way to peace. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.